for Pete's sake, we are looking at the final week of Jesus' life, where we're looking at it through the eyes of Simon Peter, the disciple. And it's, it's interesting to see how often uh, Peter, <laughs> Peter is interjected in this story in various ways. And today, uh, this morning, I'd like to share a message entitled, The Wrong End of the Sword. The Wrong End of the Sword. We are, uh, we're actually going to look at three small passages here. Am I on? No. No? I thought so. Check one. How's that? Is that better? For those of you watching online, you're not watching an old Godzilla film. Just <laughs> <laughs> turn it off. No, turn it. Try it again. Just oh, there we are. All right, all right. Will you just give a big round of applause to our tech crew? God, God bless them. Sound men will have a special place in heaven, I tell you, uh, and video technicians and all that. But none of their equipment will be in heaven. Did you know that? That is saved for the place of everlasting fire. <laughs> All right. So, all right, let me try it again. We're going to share a message called the wrong end of, yeah, this is much better, the wrong end of the sword. And we're going to look at a few short passages of scripture here today. Okay. So if you're able to uh, stand with me and we're going to start in the book of Matthew, book of Matthew chapter 26. Okay. The book of Matthew chapter 26. And again, we're going to go to a few passages here today, okay? Now, if you don't have a Bible with you or, or on your phone, uh, you can follow along on the screen, okay? Here we go. Uh, while he was still speaking, and that's referring to Jesus, while he was still speaking, Judas, one of the twelve, arrived, and with him was a large crowd armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders of the people. Now the betrayer had arranged a signal with them. The one I kiss is the man. Arrest him. And going at once Jesus uh, to Jesus, Judas said, Greetings, Rabbi, and he kissed him. Jesus replied, Do what you came for, friend. And then the men stepped forward, and they seized Jesus and arrested him. With that, one of Jesus' companions reached for his sword. He drew it out and struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his ear. Put your sword back in its place, Jesus said to him, for all who draw the sword will die by the sword. Do you think I cannot call my father, and he will at once put at my disposal more than enough, uh, more than twelve legions of angels? But how then would the scripture be fulfilled that say it must happen this way? Okay, that's one account. Now, how many of you have ever like, witnessed a car accident before? Okay, all right. How many of you know that different witnesses to that car accident will have different perspectives, right? Right? Uh, he was going fast. Well, I didn't see her, but boy, she was driving okay. Well, all right. We get different perspectives 
on the same story in the Gospels as well. Let me show you what I mean. Look at uh, the book of Luke, Luke chapter 22. If you want to turn there, I'll give you time. Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 49, and go on to verse 51. And we'll pick it up right when <laughs> the soldiers show up in the garden, okay? Verse 49 says, When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, No more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. And we have one more. See, because as of yet, we haven't seen the identity of the man with the sword. Guess who? So if you go to John chapter 18, then Simon Peter, who had a sword, he drew it and he struck the high priest's servant, cutting off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. And Jesus commanded Peter, put your sword away. Shall I not drink the cup the father has given me. Let's talk about being on the wrong end of the sword. So Jesus, I pray that you would speak to us today. Meet us right where we're at, Lord God, and I'm asking you that your word would come alive and that we'd be able to apply it to our lives in a powerful way, Jesus. And I'm praying for healing in this room tonight, uh, today. And we ask all this, Lord, in your precious name. And we all said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, I want to deal, I want to deal with those times that there is pain or hurt in our lives and how to process that correctly. Yay! Uh, He chose a happy topic today. But this is important. See, because here's the deal. Everybody in this room and everybody watching online, I can guarantee you this, that there will come a time that you will encounter and you will face hurt from somebody. That's going to happen. It's going to happen. There are no Superman and Supergirls in this place. You will feel pain. It's going to, and and none of us like it. It's ridiculous to deny it. Oh, no, I'm not going to feel pain. Yes, you are. No one's going to hurt me. Yes, they will. It's going to happen. The question is how do we navigate that? How do we deal with it? You know what? Can I tell you that there have been people who have been active in churches all over this country, for example, but because they never processed the pain inflicted on them from somebody, they've never come back. They've deserted God. And I think a a, a, a chronic, a problem, a, a, a huge issue for so many 
is the fact that, okay, while pain and being hurt is a reality, if we don't deal with it correctly, that will lead to other things that are not good. And can I give you, from my perspective, what I have seen in almost 34 years now of ministry, full-time ministry, okay? These are my perspectives that I have seen. And I've not seen them just once. I've not seen them just twice. I've seen this time and time again. When hurts are not dealt with correctly, first of all, friendships are damaged severely, if not permanently. Friendships are damaged severely. Good friendships. People that you once held close, but they made a mistake. They grabbed a sword. And I don't know if they're aiming for your head or your ear, but look at you. You've got a bloody ear on the ground and you're in pain. And that person that wielded the sword was a friend. How about this one? If our hurts are not dealt with correctly, a lot of decisions are made for the wrong reasons. Decisions are made for the wrong reasons. Church decisions can be made by a pastor for the wrong reason because all he's trying to do is avoid pain. People who are leading ministries because they don't want to even risk somebody spiritually pulling out a sword, they will make the wrong decision, but at least they're not in pain. Next, sometimes personal decisions are made not out of wisdom, not after prayer, and not after much thought, but major decisions are made purely out of emotion. You'll break up with this person because, not because you've prayed about it, not because you've thought about it, but because you're hurt, because they made a mistake, then you are, are just going to end it. You would actually consider divorce because your spouse made a mistake. Am I getting too close? You see, these are... These are... <laughs> These are big. Here's one. Our entire lives are governed when we don't process pain by avoiding hurt and little else. So we'll never take a risk. We'll, 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 never, <laughs> we'll never do anything where the possibility is failure. 
We will never put ourselves in a spot where success or failure hinges only on God. Because we're afraid of pain. And we're afraid of being hurt. Now, thankfully, I'm a pastor. And I never get hurt by anybody. And if you believe that, okay, there are, there are friends of mine who are now just kind of a shell of themselves, of who they used to be, because they never got over the pain that somebody inflicted upon them in their church. There are people sitting in churches now. You are a shell of who you used to be spiritually, emotionally, in every way, because you have never, ever allowed Jesus to pick up that bloody ear and heal you. So this is an important topic. And good old Pete, for Pete's sake, he brings us right there. And so today, I would like to take a look at, very quickly, I would like to take a look at just three people in this story. And I would say that many of us in here can relate to one of the, the first two, for sure. Here's the first one. You ready? Let's take a look at the servant. Mal, uh, excuse me, Malchus. The guy who had his ear cut off. Now again, I don't know if Peter was a good aim or a bad aim. If he was aiming for the head or aiming for the ear, but Malchus got hurt. Malchus got hurt. And his hurt, his pain, how many of you would agree, his pain was real? Okay, that's going to hurt. Someone takes a sword and cuts off your ear, that's a bad day. You've not had a good day. So, when you have pain like this, how do you process this? See, I will tell you, I will tell you that Malchus's pain was even more than the physical. See, because you might be sitting here thinking, well, okay, no one's ever cut my ear off. I'm looking around. I think we're okay. All right. You know, there'd be one, yeah, I can't wear glasses. But, but... So we're good. We're good. All right. But I would say that Malchus's pain and our pain would go beyond the surface. For example, I would tell you that Malchus's pain was a matter of trust. A matter of trust. He got hurt by somebody who had no business hurting him. Peter wasn't a soldier. He's a fisherman. Peter was a follower of Jesus. Not only that, Peter was one of the three 
disciples that was closest to Jesus. And it is this person who is supposed to be real... Oh, are you hearing this? It's this person who's supposed to be really close to Jesus who is inflicting the pain. Have you ever had pain inflicted upon you by somebody who is supposed to be close to Jesus? And see, that, that kind of pain, that hurts. That hurts. It's, it's one thing for a total stranger to insult me online. Okay, who cares? Seriously. Oh, boy, uh, you're, you know, they flex their keyboard muscle. You're fat. Oh. Well, you're ugly, and I can lose weight. So that, you know, so that, that's... I don't say that. Well... Not out loud. But so if it's a stranger, if it's a stranger, but if it's somebody I'm supposed to trust, I have confidence in, somebody I like, somebody I love, okay, then, then it hurts a little more. In fact, the greater our expectations are of a person, the more painful the hurt is. The, the intensity meter, like that, that stranger online that doesn't even know me, but he makes fun of me. Okay? And, and by the way, online advice, never feed the trolls. Okay? Some of you don't even know what a troll is, but, but don't feed the trolls. Don't feed the trolls. That's all they want. Okay? They just need to get out of their mother's basement and chill out a little. So when the trolls start, okay, my, my intensity meter of that pain, it ain't much. Okay? But then if it's somebody, somebody in my church that I have a relationship with, you know, a close friendship, ouch. Family? close family? See, now that hurts. Because my expectations of the people that I love the most are way up here. And so if I get hurt by one of those, the pain's more significant. If a troll lashes out at me, no big. Malchus was hurt by somebody who was supposed to be really close to Jesus, the last person he would have thought that would hurt him was somebody really close to Christ. David said this in Psalm 41, verse 9. Really powerful, really low moment. David said, even my close friend, someone I trusted, one who shared my bread, has turned against me. So you're in good company, by the way, if that is your situation. Some of the biggest sources of pain 
will come from people that we would never expect to hurt us. I've been around, okay? So if somebody lashes out at me, there have been moments I think, well, you know, saw that coming. But then when it's somebody that I would never expect, that, that's tough. So his pain was a matter of trust, but it wasn't just a matter of trust. Malchus's pain was also a matter of timing. Pastor, what do you mean by that? <laughs> there was no, see. Here's the thing. Okay, I I I love being prepared for all scenarios. How how about you? Right? Okay. If I know bad weather's coming, okay, I got my plan. I got my plan. Got batteries in the radio. I know where we're going to hide out. Uh, you know, I just, you know, right? Everything's locked and loaded, ready to go. Here we go. But, but when, when, when I'm not prepared for this moment of pain, it just comes out of nowhere. Can I remind you that Malchus was not a soldier? He was the servant of the high priest. He's not even the high priest. For all we know, Malchus was sent to Giant Eagle to get groceries, and he cut through the garden to go home with his groceries. It's like, hey, what's going on here? Ow! (laughs) Peter didn't attack a soldier. In fact, Peter attacked somebody who was probably the most vulnerable. Hmm. And that's how the enemy tends to work. He tends to hurt us when we are the most vulnerable. There was no way Malchus was prepared for this to happen. How do you prepare for that? In fact, you you wonder if Malchus did what we do. He kind of did a personal inventory. So, what could I have done different? to avoid this happening. Why, why did this happen? Or, or maybe, maybe he did a spiritual inventory. God, what did I do to deserve this? Have you ever asked God that question? And God had nothing to do with your pain to begin with. But as far as timing goes, could I remind you what was going to happen just over three days after this moment took place? Anybody know? I'll give you a hint. It rhymes with Beaster Bunday. Easter, the resurrection. Don't miss this. Don't miss this. For Malchus, there was a moment of pain Right before, he was to see a moment of healing and then a resurrection. Sometimes a period of hurt will come right before there's a period of victory. I'll say that one more time. Sometimes a period of hurt will come right before a period, a moment of victory. Right before the miraculous. That's the servant, Malchus. And we could end this message here. I'm not gonna. But we could end this message here 
and say, yeah, I've been hurt, pastor, pray for me. And you know what? That'd be a good response. But there's a second person that we need to address. Not Malchus, the servant. But number two, we need to address Peter, the swordsman. The guy who flung the sword into Malchus's ear. What is going on, Peter? You could even hear Jesus' frustration in the scriptures when Peter does his thing. Now, let me, let me take a time out. And first of all, let me say that I really believe that Peter's intentions were good. I don't think Peter woke up that morning and thought, today would be a good day to cut off someone's ear. Right? So the moment, the, the, the moment that we hurt somebody, we rarely ever, unless you're kind of psychotic, we, we normally don't wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to hurt someone today. Boom. Let's put that on my to-do list. So Peter found himself, I believe, with very good intentions. But his methods were a nightmare. We tend to get hurt by people who seem to have good intentions, but their actions are an absolute nightmare. They're a train wreck. They mean to speak into your life. They say something. Nah. They mean to encourage you. They've done nothing but discourage you. They hand you a compliment. It's actually a backhanded compliment. I one, one time I heard a preacher tell me, I was preaching in his church, and he said, hey, that was a good sermon, Phil. Uh, I, may, I may preach it someday and do it better. And I said, <laughs> I said well, you go ahead. In fact, take credit for it. Uh, I really don't care. Um, but I want to talk to the people that are not on the receiving end of the sword, but you tend to hold it. When, when do we tend to cut ears off? When do we tend to hurt other people? Let me show you. Let me show you when you can recognize when you are apt to hurt somebody without even realize you're, realizing you're about to. First of all, it's when we fail to pray. When we fail to pray. We picked the story up with Jesus talking to his disciples. But here's the short story that preceded it. Look at Matthew 26. It says this, Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee uh, uh, along with him, that's James and John, took them along with him, and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little further, he fell with his face to the ground, and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. Then he returned to his disciples and found them praying heaven down, sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch with me for one hour, he asked Peter. 
Watch and pray so that you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away a second time and he prayed, My father, if it's not possible for this cup to be taken away, unless I drink it, may your will be done. And then he came back. He again found them sleeping because their eyes were heavy. I see it every Sunday, church. It happens. So he left them and he went away once more and prayed the third time, saying the same thing. Then he returned to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Look, the hour has come, and the Son of Man is delivered into the hands of sinners. Rise, let's go. Here comes my betrayer. And that kicks off what our opening text was. And shortly after that, Peter's grabbing swords, and he's cutting off ears. Now, this is important. Prayerlessness, hear this, will have a negative effect on our relationships. Let me put it to you this way. Prayer brings our hearts closer to Jesus. That's what prayer does. Prayer is not just asking for stuff. God, I want this, 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 and this, and a pony. Amen. That, that's, that's not prayer. Prayer, the purpose of prayer is not just to get stuff. The purpose of prayer is for our hearts to become more like Jesus' heart. And see, if your heart is more like his, then the fewer people you will hurt. Did you catch that? See, the more like Jesus you are, the fewer people you will hurt. Prayer is one of those ways for you to become more like Jesus. So people get hurt when we fail to pray. Secondly, people get hurt when we fail to obey. Oh, boy. (laughs) Those of you with kids, little kids, grandkids, you'll recognize this. Look at Luke 22, verse 49. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? Did Jesus answer? No. And one of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. And Jesus answered no more of this, and he touched the man's ear, and he healed him. Here's what's interesting, you see. They asked, <laughs> they asked Jesus, should we strike with our swords? And before Jesus could give them a yes or a no, Peter says, I'll take that as a Yes. <laughs> The reason I mention kids, mom, can I have a a cookie? <laughs> no. Too late. Lord, should we strike with our swords? <laughs> How'd I do? And I think the Lord gets frustrated with us because. We, we will even go as far as praying. But before we actually get a direction from God, we'll justify our actions by saying, hey, I prayed about it. I prayed. What did God say? Don't know. But I prayed. See, prayer is not asking God to agree with you. <laughs> 
Prayer is getting the heart of God for your situation. And anything, any movement, any decision other than the direction of God, you know what that is? That's disobedience. Even if you prayed. If you're going against what Jesus wants, or you have no idea what Jesus wants you to do, you know the old saying, don't just stand there, do something. In this case, Peter, don't just do something, stand there. We tend to hurt people when we fail to pray, when we fail to obey, and then we tend to hurt people when we choose to stray spiritually. Oh, Peter, we heard him say last week, Lord, I will give my life for you. Mm hmm. Jesus said, Peter, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny even knowing me. Nah. Then he cuts off Malchus's ear. Where's our warrior at? Along with the other ele- oh, oh, 10 now. Where, where, along with the other disciples, where are they at? Look at Matthew 26. We read it. This all taken place that the writings of the prophets might be fulfilled. And then all the disciples deserted him and fled. I will tell you, before they deserted Jesus with their feet, they had already done so with their hearts. We tend, we tend to see our desertion and our strain coming when the heat gets turned on and the pressure gets turned on against us. How do we respond to that? And when it got real serious... All of them who had followed him for three years, saw the miracles, heard the teachings, they all deserted Jesus. Listen, if things are not right vertically with Jesus, they won't be right horizontally with our earthly relationships. Let me say that again. If things are not right between you and God, it's going to play havoc with your relationships here on earth. It's going to. I have found that the closer I am to Jesus personally, the closer I am to my wife, the closer I am to my son, the closer I am to the people that I love, the closer I am to my church. But if I find myself not where I should be spiritually, that has a profound impact on the people that I love the most. And if we stray even a little bit, that is going to have an impact on our relationships. Could I ask you today real quick, do you know Jesus today? Are you right with God today? You might be wondering why your life is such a mess. Could it be? Could it be that you need to get things right with Jesus before you go any further? That will have a profound impact on the rest of your relationships. Give your life completely to God. I'm going to close with this. There's a third person I want to look at, and that is Jesus, the Savior. How did he handle this? Jonathan, can you help me up here? Take a look at his will. See, here's the deal. His will is going to be accomplished 
whether you're hurt or not, his will is going to be accomplished. Do you actually... Do you actually think God's plan for your life is going to be shipwrecked because of one mistake by you? Really? The one who created the entire universe? You cut off somebody's ear? Ah, you're done. See you in heaven. You get hurt. And some of us think because we've got that bloody ear. Some of us think, well, I'm damaged goods. I can't be used by God. You listen to me close. God will never waste a story. And he will never waste an experience that you've had. Your painful experience, God has allowed that to take place. And he will use that for his glory. Your identity, by the way, is not, is not the pain that you've experienced. Your identity is what Jesus thinks of you. So you are not damaged goods. Because I am convinced that when Malchus got home with his groceries and he saw Mrs. Malchus, we don't know her names, and she saw blood all over his clothes, I said, what happened to you? You're not going to believe it. I just bought the groceries. I thought I'd cut through the garden to get home. You know, it's our little shortcut. And some guy that smells like fish <laughs> cuts off my ear. And she's like, how? Your, your ear's on your head. Well, that's just it. Jesus touched me and he healed my ear. And here's the thing with Jesus, is that when he heals... He doesn't leave a scar. He doesn't leave a scar. His will is going to be accomplished in your life. Verses 53 and 54, you could read it on the screen. Jesus says, look, (laughs) do, do you think that my father's plan is going to be stopped? It's not. And the Lord would look at you and say, do you think that God's plan for you is going to stop because of the pain that you've either inflicted or have had take place in your life? It's not. God's will is greater than your pain. Can you say amen? Amen. Secondly, his work. (laughs) The Lord dealt with two people in a profound way. To Peter, he said, Put your sword away. And to the Simon Peters in here who are flinging swords and cutting off ears and you can't keep your mouth shut, Jesus would say, put your sword away. Or maybe he would just say, shut your mouth. Maybe he would say, would you use some wisdom with the things that you say? Oh, my intentions are good. Okay, but let's be wise. Jesus told his disciples, be wise as serpents and harmless as doves. And, And I think we need wisdom with how we deal with people. We need to learn how to be slow to speak and not just blurt out whatever comes out of our mouths. But to Malchus, 
Malchus, Jesus sees your pain. And he will take that pain in his hands. And he will heal your hurt. And not leave a scar. And Malchus, understand here today that if you're walking with some pain inflicted on you by somebody else, Jesus is here to heal your hurt. And he will. Psalm 34, 18, I love this verse so much. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. If you're brokenhearted, he's there. And then finally, I am blown away by his willingness. And I'm going to close with this. Your pain, you need to know this. Jesus gets it. Jesus understands it. Hebrews chapter 5, verses 7 and 8 says, During the days of Jesus' life on earth, he offered up prayers and petitions with fervent cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. And he was heard because of his reverent submission. Son though he was, look at this. Son though Jesus was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. In Isaiah 53, we get this prophetic look at Jesus and it says that he was despised and Jesus was rejected by mankind. He was a man of suffering and he was familiar with pain. Like one who, from whom people hide their faces, he was despised and we held him in low esteem. Hebrews 4.15 tells me that this great high priest, Jesus, we do not have one who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he was without sin. Church, Oh, he gets it. You've been betrayed, he gets it. You've been deserted, he gets it. People have said things about you, he gets it. People have let you down, he gets it. Jesus had his own family even tell people that he was crazy. He gets it. He gets it. So he understands your pain. He understands your pain. And he was willing to go through that because he loves you. So my question is, do you find yourself on either side of the sword today? Malchus, if you've been injured, if you've been hurt, would you let Jesus heal your hurts? And Peter... Maybe you assume that your closeness to Jesus gives you a license to hurt people. It doesn't. Peter, put your sword away. Put your sword away. Because that person that you're hurting matters to Jesus. He or she matters to Jesus. Here's the deal. We are not here to give you a victim mentality for you to survive in. We are here to create a victory mentality for you to thrive in.
Would you look at that graphic closely? You're not a victim. Stop thinking you're a victim. Oh, I guess I'm just called to be... No. You're not called to be a victim. You are called to be a victor. And you're not called to simply survive until you die and go to heaven. You're called to thrive until that day that you see Jesus face to face. That's God's plan for you. Malchus, let Jesus heal your hurts. Peter, put your sword away and let Jesus change you forever. Stand with me, would you? Did you get anything out of this today? I'm going to be honest with you. It, it's, it's hard. It's hard to let Jesus touch that wound. Last thing you want is anyone to go there. But Jesus grabbed that bloody ear. Could not have been pleasant. He put it right on Malchus's head like it had never been cut off. The Lord wants to take that messiness and that hurt. It might be kind of ugly. And he wants to touch your heart and he wants to heal you again and, and, and just give you the time to move on. And Malchus, you know what? You, you might need to look for reconciliation this week. You, you, when you leave here, you may not need to come to an altar, but you might need to get on your phone and send a text, make a call, send an email. But somebody in here may need to ask Malchus for forgiveness. The Lord will honor that step this week. Will you do that? I want to pray for you. And if you're Malchus or Peter, I want to give you a chance to pray. And let the Lord either heal you or direct you on how to put that sword away. And let's not leave here until Jesus is done. So I'm going to invite you to make a place to pray. Find a personal place that you could give God your hurt, your pain. Give it to the Lord. And don't leave here until you're finished with the Lord and he's finished with you today. And once you're done, we can fellowship in the lobby. But let's not disturb anybody who might be praying here this morning. So Jesus, I'm asking you now in these next few moments that God, if there be anybody who might come to an altar at the front and pray, who might just their seat in your presence, who might just kneel at their seat and pray, God, whatever the case might be, would you meet with us? And for every Malchus that's in the building, every Malchus that's watching us online, Lord God, would you heal that hurt? We don't minimize it, God, but we will not maximize it either. It is not beyond your healing. So God, bring healing to that hurt, to that pain. And God, for every Simon Peter, God, who is making some bad choices, God, would you give us wisdom that we might put our sword away and look for reconciliation and restoration in relationships. God, be with us now, I pray as we seek you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to pray, 
feel free to do so right now. If God's released you, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless you.